Fields Church. My name is Dan Underhill. I'm the student pastor here, and we are continuing in the series, There's Got to Be More. You guys happy to be here today or what? I just wanted to make sure I was in the right place. Well, today we're going to tackle the subject of relationships, and relationships are so huge in our life. In fact, relationships touch every part of our life, and so rarely do we get them right. And when I think about relationships, I think about there are some relationships that give me unbelievable freedom. And then there are some relationships that feel like they are just killing me and draining me. And when I think about that, I was like, man, I don't want those kind of relationships. I want freeing relationships. I want relationships that set me free to be who God's called me to be. And so check out this verse in Galatians 5.1. This is what it says. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Those are the kind of relationships I want. It's freedom to be who God's called me to be. And I was thinking about it and saying, man, where do I love to be free? Where do I feel free? I feel free when I'm on a boat. When I'm on a boat, how many boat people we got in the house? You're like, man, when I'm on a boat and you're on Lake Travis, I'm talking about, you know, not late summer. I'm talking about early summer where the water's just right. You know, the sun is just warm enough, not scorching the flesh off of your bones. Okay? I'm talking just right. Water's kind of splashing on your face. It is that beautiful day where lake life is the right life. How many of you guys agree with me? Lake life's the right life, right? I mean, we live in a beautiful, beautiful area. And then there are some guys that I know that love to fish when they're on those boats. And so I figured, why not try something new while my boss is away? See how much, it's always fun to do something new when he's away, right? And I was thinking about fly fishing, right? I was thinking about fishing. A lot of people like to fish, right? And fishing is a lot like relationships. You're going, where is he going with this? Am I going to get hit with that hook right now? Is that going to happen? I don't know. Did you tithe? That's on you. All right. You got to get a longer reel way up in the balcony and make sure. That, but I'm talking about fishing. And you know, it's funny because relationships are a lot like fishing. You never know where the great ones are until you catch it. It's like, there it is. And it's awesome. When you catch it, it is amazing. It is unbelievable. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. It's a rush. And then sometimes relationships disappoint you. So what do you got to do? Get right back out there. Got to keep casting. You just can't wait. You can't sit on the sideline. You got to get right back in there. Okay? You got to share the love. How about you guys over here? You guys like this? You guys are loving this? Watch this. I can get way out there. Watch this. Wait. Where are you going? Where are you going? Watch it. Now, there's no hook. Don't worry about it. All right? You just got to keep casting, keep casting. Keep working for relationships. That was close, wasn't it? I got total control. Right? You got to keep casting because some relationships are like, oh, oh there they are. Oh, she's pretty. Look at her. Oh, 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 oh. Look at her. Shaking her tail feather. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there she is. Oh, look. Oh, there. No, that's just bait. That's just bait. Don't be messing with that. You get hooked on that, man, that will ruin you. Some relationships, man, you just got to let that fly go flying by. 
because it will ruin you. And relationships are huge. But when I really think about it, I have no idea how to fish. I stink at fishing. I've got the hat, got the pole. I have never fly fished in my life before. That was the first time I've really held a fly fishing. And it's not even, it's not even a real pole, it's a practice pole. And I think about relationships. And just because you have the hat, just because you have the shirt, you've got the rod, you've got the right gear, doesn't mean you know what you're doing, does it? Isn't that the way it is with relationships? You've got the wife, you've got the kids, you've got the friends, but you're just sitting there going, man, there's got to be more than this. I don't know what I'm doing. And just because you have all this stuff doesn't mean you're not making it up the whole time anyway, are you? That's what I was doing. I was making it up. All I was doing was doing what I've seen other people do. Ten and two, baby. Ten and two. Keep that fly rocking. I don't know how to fly fish. I'm horrible at first fishing. Like, I, I catch a cold when I fish. That's about the only thing that I can catch. I am horrible at fishing. And I want to take a look at a couple key relationships and figure out how to get beyond just doing what everybody else is doing and just trying to, oh, what do I do? I do what they're doing? Okay, I'll just do what they're doing. I want to get beyond that today. You want to get beyond that with me? Yes? All right. Let's talk about three key relationships. First, we're going to talk about the child-to-parent relationship. Okay, the child-to-parent relationship. And this is huge, man. Every child is born with a divine capacity to care. They are built with this, I care about everything, right? When they are born, they care about whether or not they're hungry or whether their diaper's full. Am I right or am I right? Mom's in the room going, mm-hmm. Husbands are like, I, don't, I really don't know. She took care of it, right? right? They care. They care about things, and they care so deeply. If you spend time with a child, will you spend time with a middle schooler? You spend time with a high schooler or a college student, and that parent and child relationship, they care deeply about things that you're like, I could care less about this, right? But they've been given that by God. They care. They trust. They love, and they love passion. They believe. They believe in things that are crazy. That's why cartoons are amazing, right? Cartoons are unbelievable. They're like, oh, we'll throw this out there. Kids will believe it, right? They care, and they believe, and they trust, and they love, and they relate. They relate so well. They're just like, whatever you want to do, Dad, whatever you want to do, right? I mean, how many guys have got kids in the room? You have kids. And you know that there's that time, and it's so special and so precious, where it doesn't matter what you're doing as a mom or a dad, they just want to be with you, right? If mom's doing whatever she's doing, they just want to be right there, right underneath your feet, right? They're just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That's cool. That's so cool, right? Or if dad, you're out and you're working on something, and they're just like, they're right underneath you. In fact, you've probably tripped over them and stumbled over them at some point, right? And they just want to be right there. And they care so much. They want to be close. But as stewards of that relationship, we have to be very, very careful. Because 
in reality, we don't really care about what they care about doing. Like, it does not matter to me one bit if I make it through Minecraft at all, okay? My son loves Minecraft, okay? That's Logan. He loves it. It doesn't matter to me at all. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's horrible. I don't want to sit there. But ready? My son Jacob, he loves Madden. He's like, Dad, you want to play Madden? I'm like, no, that's the last thing I want to do in my time, right? But they care so deeply about things. What is my responsibility? My responsibility is to return their care with care. I have to start to care about what they care about. And then it opens up the relationship. You see, it's really hard to care for kids when the people you care about don't care about the things you care about. And see, that's why I play Madden with Jake. That's why I sit there and say, yeah, man, I'll play. This big old gorilla puts his tiny little Xbox controller, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> right? And see, playing games with me, I'm merciless. I am horrible. Like, I'm just like, dude, I send the blitz every time to that poor kid. He's nine, and I crush his dreams. <laughs> I want him prepared for real life. Like, I will stomp you out in there. But what, what am I talking about? I'm talking about caring about what they care about. I'm talking about learning to make the adjustment to say they care so deeply. Let me invest here. Let me invest with them. See, it's a struggle for our kids to be dis disappointed. It's, a it's, it's such a struggle for them when they get disappointed because we're usually the ones disappointing them, aren't we? How many of you guys have ever said this? Um, Mom, Dad, can we go here? Uh, maybe. Hey, when will we? Soon. You know what soon and maybe means? No. But we're too chicky to tell you no. So we're just going to say soon or maybe. Right? And they build up this thing, and eventually we find that their trust is eroded, and sometimes we're the one doing it. We're the ones who are eroding the trust because of the environment that we're setting. And it's really, really hard for them. It's difficult to love when love is not returned. When we can get caught up in our phones or we can get caught up in doing our jobs and they're just there to love you. I've got four babies, okay, all the way from middle school down to not even in school. And then when I come home, it is full on down the hallway. Eden is charging. <gasps> Daddy! And I'm there and I'm like, and it's this mini hug, little micro hug, right? That we're having and it's so awesome. She loves so much. I can't get so busy that I'm not there to hug my kids. That relationship is pivotal. It is key to them. And relating to them becomes difficult. Because I'm 40, and they're four. And as a parent to a child relationship, it's hard to put our head where their head is. Because some of the most recent research tells us that youth culture today shifts every three to six months. So in other words, what's cool today is not going to be cool in a couple months. By summertime, gone. Everything shifts so quickly. Their body physiologically shifts. I love doing middle school ministry. You want to know why? It is the most awesome time to watch them. They run everywhere. They just run, right? Have you guys ever noticed that? Like kids, they just run. They're like, where are you going? Just running. 
You know, my wife and I went out to Cafe Blue last night and had dinner, and we're out there on the patio, beautiful night, bands playing on the greens, nice. And you see these middle school girls just running, man. They're just booking it across the green. Where are they going? They have no idea. We saw them go back and forth three or four times looking for each other, right? (laughs) Passing like ships in the night. I'm just like, what are you doing? But things are changing physiologically for them at such a rapid rate. It's hard to relate to anything because it shifts and it moves on them. And to be candid, families move too. Sometimes for jobs and locations. Other times, because mom's not here anymore. Dad decided to move. And when that happens, it's so hard to relate. But we have to do the difficult work of creating an environment for them where they can learn to care, they can learn to trust, they can learn to love, they can learn to believe, and then they can relate. And as parents, it's our job to turn our hearts back to them first. It is our job and our responsibility, it is our right to turn our hearts back to the right direction and say, hey, I care about you. I wanna care about what you care about. When you do that, you will absolutely be investing in the right direction. We spend day in and day out investing in things. At the end of our days, I don't know about you, but I don't want to sit there and be thinking about my financial investments, my real estate investments. I don't want to be talking about my property. I want to be talking about my cars, my job, closing one more deal. I want to be able to look at my children. I want to see them face-to-face going, man, I love my dad. And I won't get more time at that moment. We need to invest wisely now. So this week, I want to challenge you. Go home and create space for your kids. Create space to invest in love and relating and trusting and believing and caring. We do something in our home around the dinner table. And for any of you that know me, I have a full tribe of children. Okay, so our dinner table is like at Mach 9. Okay, it's like, we're having dinner. Everybody buckle up, right? And so what we've had to do is decide that at the dinner table, we're gonna ask strategic questions. And real quick, how many parents have ever done this? You've asked the faulty question, how was your day? And they say, fine. And my, my response to that, after I did that about four times, I'm like, I ain't doing this anymore. This is stupid, okay? I don't need to hear, fine. I want to hear what happened in your day. So we asked every individual around the table, tell me the highs and tell me the lows. What was the thing that made you the happiest today? What is it that just frustrated you so much? And you know what I get? Story after story after story. And each one of our kids not only has to give the story, but each one of them has to ask an interactive question to create active listening. That way they can participate and become functioning adults instead of, fine, how's your day? Good. You okay? Yes. Shoot me in the head now. Like, I just don't want to live in that home. Okay, and so I want to give you those tools. Go home and ask those questions. Talk to them about them. Make that investment with them because it's pivotal 
for your success and theirs. Let's move on to a second place. The relationship between a man and a woman. Right? The relationship between a man and a woman. And when it's right, it is right. I'm talking about when mama's happy, everybody's happy. Right, dads? One guy is going home happy. <laughs> One. When mama's happy, everybody's happy. Right, dads? Yeah, I thought you did better on the second run. Okay? It is pivotal that we get this relationship right between men and between women. And I'll tell you, you know what the biggest killer of these relationships is? Selfishness. Selfishness is the silent killer of relationships. As soon as you start making and boiling a relationship down to what you merely get or what you're getting out of it, you have sealed its fate. You have absolutely sealed its fate. It's not about getting, it's about giving. Try this, men. Go home and try to outserve your wife. Whatever her responsibilities are, whether she works outside of the home and kills it in the marketplace, or she's a full-time dragon slayer in the home like my wife. I mean, she's beating back demons all week, right? That's what my wife does. Go home and try to serve. What can I do to serve you? How can I help you do what you do? Because, man, you do way more than I could possibly do in a day. I'm worn slap out just looking at the loads of laundry my wife has to do. Like, there's a lot of clothes for four kids, right? I mean, it's crazy. How do we serve them? How do we serve them instead of try to get something back? And instead of getting, try giving. And I want to give you a list of things to aim at this week. To try to give affection. Instead of trying to get affection, give the affection. Instead of trying to get understanding, try giving understanding. Instead of trying to get attention, give the attention. Like, that's so great. How many times did you stop at that red light? Oh, that's so great. Oh my gosh, and then what happened? Tell me more, tell me more, right? Invest in the conversation, give them the attention that they're screaming and wanting to have. And then humor. Man, if you aren't laughing in your relationship, you have the most boring relationship I've ever heard of. It is horrible, man. You've got to laugh. There's significant studies that tell you about the endorphins that are released during laughter and the memory base that is created when you're creating memories, just laughing with each other. And if you can't laugh with each other, just laugh at each other. I'm just saying, just look at them and be like, what is wrong with you? And just laugh. Man, don't take yourself so seriously. Just laugh and go, man, life is so much fun. Life is as fun as we choose to make it. So give the humor. Give safety and support. And when they're sharing something that's frustrating them, and it may be you that's frustrating with them, give them the support that you wish that you had in that moment. Give them the comfort that they're looking for. And this goes both ways. This isn't male to female only. This is female to male. This, is, this goes both ways. And it's a beautiful street to live on 
when you're honest and you're open and you're communicating because you actually make Jesus look better. You make him look good when you're doing this because the character of Christ is revealed through your love for each other. That is where you put it on display. The Bible tells us that Christ is the head of the church. The church is his bride. It's like a husband and wife relationship. And when you see that together and working well and enjoying each other, Jesus looks better. Don't make Jesus look bad. Don't make Jesus cry, okay? That just ain't right. We've got to do a great job of putting his character on display. And women, let me help you out for a quick minute. For men, men are tough to read. Women get a bad rap all the time. I get it. They, they get, man, if you can figure a woman out, good luck. And I understand, but men, we're not so simple, right? You want to see what a man's face looks when he's thrilled and excited? Here it is. You want to see what a man's face looks like when he's really angry and really upset? Here it is. It's the same. We just keep on keeping on. We just have, we, men have a certain gear in their head where they just disconnect. And they're just out there. They're just going, something's going on in their head. And man, you can't get in there. You can't pry your way in if you try. They're just chilling, right? And we're so simple too. Ready? We're like a Coke machine. You walk up, you want Coke? Push Coke. You push the Coke button, you get Coke. You want me to be dad right now? Push the dad button. I'm dad. I'll come in, I'll discipline, do whatever I got to do over here. Oh, you want me to be the yard guy? Boom. All right, you want Sprite? Push Sprite. Boom. Here I am. Now I'm yard guy. I'm doing this. It's just simple, 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 simple. You push the button, that's what you get. It's not deeper than that. We're fairly shallow, okay? This is the button you push. This is what you get. Women, women are a little more difficult. Have you guys ever been to Fuddruckers around here? Do you know the Coke machine there? <laughs> it's a screen, and if you don't touch it just right, <laughs> you ain't getting nothing. And what you thought you were getting, you ain't getting. But then there's options, and it's just the front screen. What do you want to drink? I don't know. There's like 70 options. I just want Dr. Pepper. Oh, look, there's one that looks like Dr. Pepper. So what do men do? They run to it like fools. <laughs> oh, wait, there's 73 different options of Dr. Pepper. Do I want diet? Do I want zero? Do I want vanilla flavor? Do I want cherry? Do I want it to have lemon-lime in it? And as a man, I make the decision. I choose vanilla. I'm sorry. <laughs> I choose vanilla. And I push vanilla. And as it pours out, it's nothing but water. Because the guy in the back didn't hook it up right. And all I've got is carbonation. Men, how many times have you gone and you're like, I thought this was the right thing and I pushed all the right buttons and vanilla. It didn't work. It's tricky. One thing I have learned, and I can't tell you a lot that I've learned about women. My wife is so patient with me. I have learned this. When I ask her what she wants and she tells me, I don't know. That's my opportunity. That's my opportunity to prove that I've been listening. 
That's my opportunity to prove that I've been paying attention for weeks, for years, for months before, and I know what she likes and what her preference is, and I cannot have to go to the magic eight ball of what does she want to, I know what she likes. She likes when I take her to Cafe Blue. She likes when we sit out there and we order peel and eat shrimp because she hates touching the nasty skin on the shrimp. She loves it when I peel each one of them for her. It's simple. It's shrimp. There's only like 12. I wish there was more. But how hard is it just to pay attention and know that she loves it when I sit there and I peel them all and she doesn't have to get her fingers dirty and she sits there with a smile on her face. And men, we love it when they smile, don't we? We live to make them smile. When they smile, everything's right. Everything's right. When they don't smile, we adjust. Women, listen. We adjust. And if you don't smile right, then we adjust. And we adjust. And we adjust. The thing we fail to do as men is we fail to communicate that we're adjusting constantly. And we adjust ourselves into a position where we refuse to adjust anymore. We get mad. And it's hard to have a relationship when you're mad. It's hard to have a relationship when you've adjusted yourself so much that you don't even know what you look like anymore. You've got to get back to being honest and communicating because this relationship, there's got to be more. Got to be more. There's a better way. Last, I want to talk about friendships. Because maybe you don't fit into those categories. You don't have children. You haven't been married. Maybe you were married. Maybe you wish you were married. Maybe you came to church thinking, hey, today's the day. Maybe I'll find somebody. Right? That's fine. It's a good place to look. A lot better than a bar. Okay? But here's the deal, all of us have friends and we have to manage our friendships. And I wanted to ask a few questions about friendships. And I'm gonna to get to those in just a minute, but you know, friends, friends, they tell you more than you want to hear. They will tell you the truth. When you have a real friend, they tell you the truth no matter what. They tell you more than you want to hear. And friends, Man, everybody needs someone who's watching their back. We all need that one friend. And if you don't have them, find them. Keep casting. Keep looking. Because you need that friend who has your sixth. What do I mean by your six? This is 12. This is three. This is nine. This is? Six. You got to have somebody who's got your six, who's got your back, that's fighting and defending behind you instead of filleting you and leaving you exposed. You have to have someone who's back there, who's helping you, who's for you. And when it comes to friendships, trust is crucial. You've got to trust them. And you got to find people that are trustworthy. And if they're not trustworthy, down the road. Do the difficult and get rid of those you can't trust. Because if you can't trust them, forget about it. And then I have some of these questions. I want you to maybe write these down. Maybe you can start filtering through your friendships and asking these questions about some of your friends because it might be time to take inventory. Clean out like, like Mac did and he said he was cleaning out his garage. Maybe it's time for some friends to move on. Here's some of the questions. Can I be me when I'm with you? Can I be me when I'm with you? Or do I have to be what you expect me to be? 
Or can I just be who God's called me to be? Notice I didn't say, I'm going to just be me. Okay, well, you're an idiot, so stop. Okay? No, no, no. Be who God's called you to be. You don't have to put on a facade. You don't have to live up to an expectation. They're your friend. They can just be there with you. Can I be honest with you? Can I tell you how I really feel? Or do I have to be very careful what I say because you'll become offended and the friendship will be fractured? Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest? When something you're doing is really driving me nuts, can I be honest? Can I tell you the truth? Does this person fill me or flatten me? Do they fill you up or do they flatten you out? You know those people, don't you? Those people, like holy hoovers, right? They're just like, they just suck the life out of you, right? Am I in the wrong church? Oh, I get it. They're sitting with you. Moving on. How are we helping the greater good together? Who are the friends in your life that you're, when you guys are together, you make the world a better place. You make the world better because you're together. You're serving together or you're coaching together. Your community gets better because you two are side by side. We need more of that. Our church needs more of that. People that would stand side by side and say, hey man, we're, we're best bros. That's awesome. Let's go do the parking lot together. Let's go serve in the kids' building and invest in the next generation. Let's do it together because those little kids will wear me slap out. I like you. We can chill for an hour, right? When you work together, it's huge for what it does for your world and your community. Can I trust you? If I tell you something, are you going to tell everybody else? Or can I trust you? Can you keep quiet? Can you take something that I say and not expose me for it? But could you keep it quiet and could you pray for me? Would you lift me up and be a prayer warrior saying, hey, he's struggling with this or she's struggling with that. I'm going to help by praying and not tweeting it because the world does not need to know that stuff. Are you a friend or are you a fad? Will you be here the long haul? Are you just a flash in the pan in my life, or are you going to be here when the chips are down? Are you that kind of friend? Because if you're that kind of friend, man, I need some more of those. I need some more people that will be here for the long haul, not just in, out, boom, gone. I don't need anything like that. Are you for me, or are you with me? Are you for me, or are you just with me? Because in life, we can collect people up, can't we? Oh, we moved into this neighborhood, and now these are our neighbors. Therefore, oh, these are our friends. So we collect some people up. But are they for you? Are they helping you? Does this relationship help you be successful? Are they helping you be successful? Or are they just beside you? Are they just taking up space and time? And you have precious little time. Does this person want to see me succeed? Am I called to this person, or am I caught by them? Again, those people that suck the life out of you. I know you just, the kind of person you want to be is someone who fills other people up. The kind of person we need to be is a people that give back. We're not looking to get, we're looking to give. 
God has given us so much. We've got a lot to give. And the principle of sowing and reaping lands right here. Because Jesus gave us everything. He forgave us when we were unforgivable. When we were an enemy of his, he was a champion for us. When we were dead in our trespasses and sin, the scripture says, he was making a way saying, you know what, I'll step in and help. That's the kind of friends we need to be. We're called to be like Jesus. And it's funny because Jesus didn't ask us to do something he wouldn't do for us. He never asked us to do something that he didn't first do for us. You see, in John 15, he says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. There's got to be more friends. And there is. There is. Earlier in the same chapter of John, Jesus says this. He says, greater love has no man than this than that he lays his life down for his friends. That's what we need to be. The kind of people that will lay down our lives for our friends, our preferences. But beyond all that, this is what it says. In 1 Peter 3.18, it says, For Christ also suffered once for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive in the spirit. Jesus paid the ultimate price so you and I could have more in relationships. He stepped up and put up so we don't have to cry about it, we can just shut up and say, he's been so good to me. He's been so good to me. Would you bow your heads with me? There are so many of you here today and we're so thankful that you're here because you're planted at Lake Hills Church. You're where God's called you to be. You're right in line with what he wants for you. And I pray that this moment would be a special moment for you. Whether you've stepped across the line of faith or you have yet to do so, here's your opportunity. Jesus led by example, by dying on a cross and saying, I want to repair the broken relationship between you and I. And if you have never made Jesus, your Lord and your Savior. And this message is just drilling at your soul. And you're feeling that tug and that pull by God saying, I want you back. I want to fix our relationship. And you've never stepped across that line of faith. It's very, very simple. Maybe you could pray now and just say a simple prayer like this. Lord, I choose you. I want to get in right relationship with you. Would you forgive me of my sins? And could we start all over again? That's a one-time prayer. 
that's a prayer you need to tell someone about. And you can fill out your info card and drop that on your way out. Anyone in a blue shirt, we want to know about that because we pray about those moments. It's why we do everything we do here because we believe that there is more. There is much more. There is life and life abundant. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. And we can walk away from that slavery of serving self. But right now, before you open your eyes or lift your heads, if that's a decision you made, which is very personal, it's between you and the Lord, but I'd like to pray for you. So if that's you and you're here, would you clearly but definitively just kind of raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to pray for you. Just kind of slide your hand up and say, that's the decision I'm making today. I have to get this situation right. I want to know and pray for you. as you put your hands down, we put our hands together and say, welcome home. Welcome home.